you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to the Toolstation Western League podcast. It's episode number 18. I'm Ian Knockholds and I'm delighted to be joined in the Ram in Bath by none other than Tom Hiscott. Tom, from of course the non-league paper and uh, the author of the bulletin. Tom, good to see you. And um, well, we're building up to Easter. Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah, two, uh, two match days coming up this weekend. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Lots of football to get involved with. And a beautiful sunny weekend as well. The uh, weekend gone by. Did you, uh, did you get up to anything sporting at the weekend? Not that I can remember. Um, well, I mean, that was a good weekend then. Nothing, nothing major, just a couple of family get-togethers and things like that. No football, unfortunately. Uh, well, well, family get-togethers. I managed, finally, to uh, cross over the family party with, uh, with Tool Station Western League football. We, uh, the Knockholds family were invited to a soft play party at Rivlington. And uh, just, of course, a stone's throw away from Southfield's Recreation Ground. So I was able to um, bundle my youngest daughter in the car after we arrived and uh, head down to Southfield's, catch up with some old friends at uh, Radstock and um, watch the first half of their game against, um, against Corsham. And we'll be covering that later in the podcast. It's a good job I didn't take, say to my wife, we'll, we'll stay for the first goal and then head off because um, I'd have caught the whole thing. But anyway, we will, we will be covering that, of course, later. Now, before we get into um, a review of the, uh, of the results from the last week, we will be having a look back um, to Monday the 3rd of April and the fixtures that happened in the week, of course, focusing on uh, the fixtures of Saturday the 8th of April. But um, before we do that, um, massive piece of news broke last week for all grassroots football fans. In fact, in, in fact, all sports fans really across the southwest of England. The sad news that the Sunday Independent, a real stalwart of uh, Western League football, has now closed. It didn't publish um, this weekend, and um, really sad news for all of us who who used the uh, uh, the Sunday Independent. For all of us who like to keep an eye on grassroots football, Tom, really sad news. Yeah, indeed, and sad news for the uh, for, for sports journalism in the, in this region. Uh, it's going to be a big loss. It covered covered an awful lot of, of sports and football in particular and it gave the, uh, the tool station a, a great platform uh, a big loss and a big loss to you in particular because of course it was a really valuable source of information for your bulletin wasn't it yeah great asset um, filling in last minute info uh, goal scorers etc uh, it became pretty much vital to, to the, the completion of the bulletin in, in its current form um, so I mean, in, in, its, in its place, uh, if, if people out there could get in touch and, and, and keep us informed with, with goal scorers on, on Saturday afternoons and stuff, that would be re- really, really helpful. It's really goal scorers, final results. You're, you're most keen to uh, get into the bulletin, isn't it, Tom? I mean, how, what is the best way that people can get hold of you from clubs? I mean, social media. I'm at Hiscott on Twitter, which is H-I-S-C-O-T-T. Uh, yeah, so, I mean... As I can go into depth in games as, as, as people of the bulletin will have read, but I mean, if if we need as much information as possible coming in, and um, obviously I will, I will do my best to to get to you as well. But um, it would be great if, if if people could help out as if 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 possible. I received a lot of contact over the week from fans of a number of clubs eager to know what is going on with uh, the Sunday Independent. So I took that opportunity to contact the editor, John Collings, and he kindly did an interview with me for the Tool Station Western League podcast. John, thank you very much for taking the uh, the time to uh, to speak to this. It can't be an easy time for you. 
No, it's been a very uh, depressing uh, past week or so um, for all the staff. We've got about 20 staff down in uh, South East Cornwall who have all, at this stage, lost their jobs. The news broke last week that the Sunday Independent was closing, um, and I think I'm right in saying that for the first time in 200 years there was no paper on the Sunday just gone. Well, it wouldn't, it's not actually the first time because uh, this year, Sunday, uh, Christmas was on a Sunday, so we actually missed missed that one. But um, over the last 200 years, there have been very few Sundays without a Sunday independent. And certainly, in uh, I, I can go back 30 years with the paper, and I think we've only missed two in all that time. Obviously, the paper is um, very popular across the region, but particularly so at the grassroots level. You do a lot to cover um, the Tool Station Western League, and I know that there's been a lot of talk this week from the member clubs who are deeply saddened to see that the paper is no longer with us. Um, is there any hope? Yes, there is some hope. Um, we all remain um, very hopeful uh, and, and sort of optimistic. The, the things are happening in the background. Hopefully somebody can put together a rescue package uh, and save the title. Um, and, and it's just a question of waiting and seeing, but, but obviously time is of the essence. Very much so. Can you tell us, John, just briefly, what are the circumstances that led up to um, to the closure of the paper? Yes, of course. It's, it's a it's a really strange one because the the Sunday Independent itself is doing well. It's trading well, and in in newspaper terms, with the with the competition from the internet and 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 everything else, it actually looks quite healthy compared to a lot of other newspapers. But unfortunately, uh, back last August, the owner died. And since then, we've been trying to get new investment to to um, fund the sort of uh, ideas he had and for further growth, uh, and to, to, you know, to go ahead. But unfortunately, it hasn't been possible um, to find that uh, uh, investment to date. And the 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 remaining director considered the end of the sort of uh, financial year was the time to um, make a decision if if no one had come forward. It's a, it's a strange one, isn't it? For, for many of us who sort of follow the development of the media, we've obviously seen um, um, a growth in, in online media and social media, um, yet actually the tried and trusted media titles, uh, you'd like to think that there was still very much a place for those. Trust in the media is such an important thing, perhaps now more than ever, and you have a loyal following that really appreciated the coverage that you gave to all levels of sport across the region. That's correct. I mean, for, I've been associated with it, as I say, for sort of 30 years. And in the early days, there was a lot of news in it as well as sport. But I think it was always regarded as a sports paper. And then four or five years ago, the decision was taken to to go for the sporting angle. And in, in that sense, it's been quite successful. And as I say, revenues have been good. So it's not one of these, it's not a, a case of a failing business, but it's a business that needed a bit of a, you know, it, it needed a big cuddle, a big financial cuddle to move it on I, I know that the people listening to this podcast will certainly hope that you that that cuddle comes soon um, just finally John what message would you like to give to the readers well, I have to say a huge thank you because we couldn't have done it without without the readers and the contributors. We call it the weekly miracle. Uh, if you imagine a referee's whistle goes at sort of five o'clock on a Saturday and by nine o'clock, we've got all the results ready to roll. And it's not just football, it's rugby, it's hockey, a whole host of things. So I have to say a huge thank you to all the people who've helped us. 
John, it sounds like a real labour of love. We certainly love it, and we hope that you get the chance to continue your great work. Fingers crossed. Many thanks. My thanks to John uh, for his time there, and, of course, a ray of hope that... um, a knight on a charger will come out and uh, save our much-loved Sunday Independent. We will certainly be across that one as news breaks and we'll be bringing news um, of hopefully a positive return for the Sunday Independent. But it's now we move into the uh, the fixtures um, for the Tool Station Western League. There was one um, Premier Division fixture. It was um, uh, Tabletoppers Melksham against Lowly Hallen. 267 made it to Oakfields on uh, Monday the 3rd of April, Monday Night Football. Um, but it was a close one thing, wasn't it, Tom? It was, and it was only a 1-0 win for, for Melksham, obviously, opposite ends of the table. And a 65th-minute goal from Daniel Kovacs uh, handed them the three points. Uh, a big hit to, to Hallen's survival hopes, unfortunately. Now then, um, Tuesday's uh, fixtures, there were four games in the Premier Division. Brislington drew with Bridport to all. Buckland lost at home to Clevedon Town. There was a big crowd of 119 there, and Buckland wouldn't have seen that one coming, Tom. No, their home form has actually tapered off recently, but uh, I know, a 2-0 loss uh, at home to Clevedon. Uh, goals from James Fisher. Uh, he scored neither half to, to, to lead Clevedon to a very impressive win, actually. Yeah. Gillingham Town um, drew at home to Shepton Mallet. An odd down beat um, Bradford Town. Um, odd down, of course, last season's champions. Bradford Town have been going so well, but, uh, well, Bradford have probably would have been favourites going into that game, but odd down recording a good win. Yeah, definitely. Odd down, really good form at the moment. Uh, goals from Adnan, Hiroli and Lee Britson leading them to the, the 2-1 win at Brad- Bradford. There was one game in the... Uh, in the first division and it was Cheddar against Hengrove Athletic and finally the curse of the podcast has come to come to bear yeah, a huge game in their first league defeat of 2016 for, for Hengrove uh, two goals for Adam Jones uh, plus a late late strike from Robbie Maggs helping uh, Cheddar keep their title hopes alive and uh, knocking Hengrove off course the big game on Wednesday the 5th of April was of course supposed to be Willand Rovers against Bristol Manor Farm but that game was postponed um, we had two games in the first division Khan um, lost at home to Bishops Lydiard and well, uh, Wellington. They won away at Warminster Town. And then one game on Friday, Friday night football on the 7th of April, Bishop Sutton drew at home to Oldland Abertonians. Now, we will move into the full rundown of the Premier Division. These games taking place on Saturday, the 8th of April. And in the Premier Division, we start with a stonking home win for Bradford Town against Sherbourne Town. Yeah, Bradford following the, the disappointing defeat we just mentioned midweek. Uh, they were back, back to winning form on Saturday. Uh, 5-0 win at home to the bottom side Sherborne. Uh, two goals are, uh, for each for Dan Coffell and Alex Monks and that's probably it now for Sherborne. Their defence has just uh, not let up this season uh, and they've been letting in goals left, right and centre and that's probably them um, probably now fav- definitely favourites for relegation uh, and another big win for Bradford. Cabri Heath were at home to Buckland and Buckland returned to winning ways. Yeah, first win in four for uh, Ellis Late side. Uh, 3-2 win away at Cadbury Heath. Uh, Jared Lewington scored twice to put Bra- uh, Buckland ahead uh, but on each occasion saw his, uh, his goal cancelled out by Matt Britton and Corey Simpson. Uh, it was then left of Richard Groves who scored from, from long distance late on uh, to grab the win for Buckland. Chipping Sudbury Town entertained Odd Down. It was the second biggest attendance in the Premier Division, and um, Odd Down looked like they're they're finishing this season very very strongly. Yeah, third consecutive win for Odd Down, uh, and four different goal scorers in this one. Uh, it was all over by half time, pretty much. And there was goals from Kai Simpson, Ben Witch, Josh Keane, and Richard Dawley. Uh, a big big away win for Odd Down. 
you don't get many of these in the Western League, but uh, Cribs played out a goalless draw against Gillingham Town. Yeah, nothing to report of the Lawns, unfortunately. Uh, Cribs stay in eighth and Gillingham in tenth. Uh, uh, yeah, as you say, not many goalless draws in the, in the division, but uh, there was one last Saturday. Longwell Green Sports entertained Brislington. Yeah, I think this pretty much ends Longwell Green Sports. Uh, any outside it would, have a, would have been a very slim chance of relegation. Uh, a brilliant win at home. Uh, good crowd there. Uh, unfortunately, this is where the Sunday Independence help would have would have been crucial. Unfortunately, we don't have any any uh, goal scorer knowledge. So uh, uh, a good win for Longwell Green at Shellard Road, but um, no information to report. I do apologise. <laughs> well, don't apologise. We, that's why we desperately want to hear from Longwell Green Sports fans we desperately want to hear from Brislington fans um, so that we can uh, give credit where it's due and um, talking about credit where it's due Melksham Town entertained High Flying Street this is I think we singled this game out as one of the games certainly the game of the uh, of the weekend um, two of the Premier League's big boys came together and it was a game of two halves Tom yeah definitely lived up to the billing uh, a really big crowd the second biggest of the season uh, in the league and uh, Melksham were as you say a game of two halves they were the ones that went ahead early uh, 35th minute in fact an own goal put them ahead uh, before Gary Higdon uh, doubled the lead just on the brink of half time smashing home a penalty uh, the game then turned in Street's favour very much with a, a straight red card to Lee Davidson for the home side followed instantly by a, a goal for Ross McCurlane to put, get them back into the game uh, his header was followed a couple of minutes later by Ben Robertson who scored in really similar fashion from another free kick uh, before the winner for, for Street 15 minutes from time completing the comeback uh, Dale Hunt who reacted fastest to a, to a loose ball in the box 495 people at Oakfields um, for that game and um, a fantastic result particularly if you're a if you're a street fan we thought that they would be caught earlier in the season by first Melksham then Buckland and they've held both off and that's an enormous credit to um, uh, to Richard Fay and it was with that in mind I thought we'd better get him back on the podcast so he can tell us all about that enthralling game at Melksham Town I felt I absolutely had to get you on again following that fantastic win you had at the weekend at Melksham. Yeah, it worked, thank you. And it was a it was a great day, great result. Um, we knew the importance of you know trying to finish runners up because it looks obviously Manafarm are going to go away with the um, the first spot. But it was always um, it was always going to be interesting because we knew we needed a point if anything to stay above Melksham and, and Buckland, seeing that. It's out of the three of us trying to finish runners-up. It was all, it was going to be a challenging game, not least because Melksham, of course, um, have been going well in the league. They also play in front of huge crowds. We'll have a chat about that. But um, you, you had to go there, uh, get something. Obviously, you were comfortable getting something out of the game, but um, but uh, you did it the hard way, didn't you? Well, me and Nathan went and watched them on Monday night, the Hallen. Um, we knew that they've kept... Um, after the Hallen game, four clean sheets on the banks, which is good at any standard to um, to keep clean sheets. And they've nicked a few one 0 wins. And to be honest, we um, we had a couple of injuries. We managed um, to uh, get three players on the bench and um, fulfil, you know, a starting eleven which was strong. But first half, Matt Melksham, to be honest, came in at two 0 up, and we scored an own goal. And the referee gave a it's a dodgy penalty, but the ball hit the uh, hand. We don't know what the rules are anymore with the uh, with the handballs in the box, and rightly deserved to came in two 0 But just after half time, when their lads had a bit of um, rush of blood and kicked out one of our lads and brought it down the ten men, and we scored from that free kick, and then from there, there was only one team really that was going to go on and, and win, and we 
created plenty of chances. We've, um, I think we scored about 20 minutes from, from the end and came away deserved winners. But uh, the sending off changed the game and credit to Melchon where they, in the first half they deserved to be up and I think second half we deserved to um, come away and take the three points. Now, I know you're a big um, fan of the podcast, Richard. You listen every week, and you probably hear me talking about Melksham and their aspirations for promotion. You certainly hear me talking about Buckland and how well they've been doing. And for a long time, I felt that they were the likely um, runners-up um, to Manor Farm uh, it, with an outside chance of catching them. But do you think Street have been the best-kept secret in the Western League? At the beginning of the season, the chairman asked me to finish better than what we done, um, what they finished last year under Dan Badman. Um, you know, we've been second or third majority of the season, and I can't fault the lads. The, the lads are unbelievable. The, the, the team spirit they've got, their the togetherness, their attitude. Um, they're, you know, everyone, when it's the assistant, Nathan Rudge, you've got Anthony, the physio, and Steve Laker, the uh, goalkeeping coach. They're all great lads, and it's really enjoyable to to come together at training and on a, on a Saturday. But the pleasing thing for me is and say the season thing if we do finish um, runners up we're only five points away from what Odd and Barcelona had last season and whoever finishes second to Manor Farm they've had an unbelievable season because obviously with Manor Farm and the players they've got and what they've managed to sign this year and with their manager telling me in pre-season he told their chairman uh, Lee Shenko that he told Jeff Selig that he will win the league this year any other league you would think we would, you've got a chance of winning it but it's not the be and I think they need two more points uh, the last four to um, to win it and rightly so they've been the best team in this league but for us to win 25 so far at 34 is <laughs> it's remarkable and we've just um, got to keep going and, and hopefully get across that line um, after Easter weekend now, you're right to talk about Manor Farm. They've been a class act in the league this season, but you've held off Melksham and you've held off Buckland Athletic by the looks of things. Um, with an eye to next season, do you think that that puts you in a really strong position to mount a title challenge? Well, again, there's so many rumours going around with promotion and, and another league coming in next year. And, you know, you've, you've got to look at... Um, Melchum with with the resources they've got. Saturday was I've, I've I've said it to our chairman after going there Monday. The facilities they've got is is unbelievable. Um, you know there's a crowd of nearly 500 there. The the changing rooms, the pitch, the, the setup is just outstanding. And you've got to be looking at um for them to be you know challenging next next year at the um the top the same as your Buckland, Bradford, Willens, Old Downs. You know there's numerous teams that are um. They would want to have a, have a go at it, especially if it is true that there's going to be two getting promoted next year. It's just a shame that, or a frustrating thing for me, and I speak on behalf of a few managers in our division, especially speaking to them on a regular basis, that any other league, you'd have playoffs, you have the top two go up, or a, a top, um, the top team and the team that finishes or wins the playoffs. For Western League to only have one go up, and, I'm, and I've been told that in the last 15 years only 11 have been promoted, it's, it's hard. Um, and when you've got teams like Manor Farm that rightly so are going to win the league this year with the resources they've got, for us to come second, you know, it's going to be unfortunate that you can't get promoted. And, and having been told that last weekend that only one's going to be promoted, um, it just, it, not say knocks you, it, it deflates you a bit because 
the um, the chance of finishing the top two, top two in any league to get promoted um, should be on everyone's agenda before the season starts. You mentioned earlier the crowd, the massive crowd you had, nearly 500 people at Melksham. Obviously, we know that Melksham get good crowds. I'm sure there was a fair few from, from Street as well who wanted to come and, and cheer you on. Um, I first met you in the Southern League, and it's interesting to see, for all of us who follow Tool Station Western League football, that the crowd that Melksham got for your game on, on Saturday would have been, if we look at the averages that have been achieved in the Southern League um, First Division South and West, which is um, the division um, just above um, the Tool Station Premier, that uh, attendance of nearly 500 would put um, the club about th a third in the average attendance list. Obviously, it's a really healthy sign for the number of people who want to watch football at your level. That's the, the, the pleasing thing, especially Saturday. Melksham, I think it was 495 that was there um, attendance-wise. And you look at the league above with the Herefords and Salisbury, everyone wants to go to Melksham this season. And, and especially since the turn of Christmas, the facilities, the only chance is Aaron before the, um, the game, the facilities they've got there is second to none. And for this level of football, it is enjoyable. And Saturday... You know, especially to win how we did, and um, at Melsham in front of that, that many supporters, it makes all the hard work worthwhile. And it's just nice to see the likes of James Court, our chairman, James Vickery, the vice chairman, you know, enjoying their beer after the game in a, in a setup like that because, um, you know, there's some grounds in this league I don't think are ready to go up, and it makes it worthwhile when you go and play at games at Melsham in front of that many um, spectators. Just one final question for you, um, Richard. I'm looking at your run into the rest of the season. Still, There's still football to be played in the in the Western League and you've got a fascinating run in, haven't you? You've got Bridport up on Good Friday, then you're at home to Bradford Town and what a, ta what a side they are. Then Brislington and Cadbury Heath. On their day, both of those sides are capable of getting a result. And I said this to the boys afterwards, they, they had their um, two minutes of enjoying it after the, um, the game, but nothing's done nothing's set in stone it's just three more points and we just got to look forward to report now away I think that's our last away game and then we play three at home your Bradford's Brisbane and Cavalry and all four teams can um, take points um, off of anybody and Bradford have been on an excellent run and if um been outstanding this season. The same as Brisbane have had some great results and only beat Buckland the other week. Um, the same as Cabaret. So we just got to take one one game at a time, like we've been doing all season, trying to get that runners up spot, which would be a massive achievement for a street considering they've never done anything in in, in um, the last 15 years um, of finishing in the top two or winning any cups or any trophy. So this is to try and make some history and like I keep saying to the lads, on to um, Bridport now, one o'clock on Friday. My thanks to Richard Fay there. And... Um Slightly more routine victory, but still fundamentally important for the uh, for the Premier League. Well, City entertained league leaders Bristol Manor Farm, and Bristol Manor Farm edging ever closer to that um, to that top spot. Yeah, as you say, and they're now just one win away from uh, from winning the title, thanks to a four-two win at the Athletic Ground. Uh, a hat trick for Dean Stamp, uh, helping them on their way. We've also a goal for Troy Simpson, two blokes that we've talked about a lot this season, scoring a lot of goals. And uh, Lee Pittman also scoring twice for, for the home side. So Wells finishing the season uh, in, in pretty good fashion. Uh, they were on the wrong end of the defeat this time, but Pittman up there were the top goal scorers. Uh, but it wasn't enough, uh, and Bristol Manor Farm march on. 
And finally, in the Premier Division, Willen Rovers entertained Bitten at home. Yeah, another fixture. I unfortunately don't have much, much, much to talk about uh, in terms of the uh, information. But uh, Bitten, a really, really, really important point for them uh, in their fight against relegation. Uh, and points dropped at home for, for Willand. We need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand. And it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Down into the first division, and we start off with Almondsbury Uwe at home to Malmesbury Victoria. Yeah, and a way win for for Malmesbury, which puts Malmesbury deep back into trouble. Their, their winning runs come to a come to a sudden end, and they're now now staring down the barrel a little bit. Uh, goals for Danny Cook, Andy Baker, and George Peer helping helping Malmesbury to all three points. And Bishops Lydiard and Westbury United played out a one-all draw. Yeah, and it was Westbury, uh, the visitors who went ahead just after the break through, through Daniel Price, uh, before Bishops Lydiard managed to, to grab a really late equaliser. The ten men of Bishops Lydiard, that is, uh, with Ryan Andrews striking three minutes from time. Chard Town, um, they were well beaten at home by Devizes Town. Yeah, an early red card for uh, Chard really put them in, uh, put them under the cosh in this one. Uh, their goalkeeper Jonathan Hill dismissed after just 20 minutes, and Devizes took full took advantage of that. Uh, a couple of goals for Jamie Wallen, plus a late one from uh, Jordan Matthews, helping them on their way to a to a three 0 win. Now the key question is: Could Cheddar follow up that impressive three-one home um, home victory over Hengrove Athletic earlier in the week? They were at home again. They were facing lowly Roman Glass and George, but um, a very different story this time. Yeah, unfortunately they slipped up. A two-all draw uh, there for Cheddar. Uh, they did go ahead on two occasions uh, with Adam Jones and Robbie Mags putting them ahead, uh, but they were pulled back on each occasion with Ken O'Ne and uh, Adam Snook grabbing equalisers for Roman Glass and George. Good point for them. Chippenham Park entertained Portishead Town. Yeah, and a 1-0 win for, for Chippenham Park. Another really late goal. Uh, there's been a lot of them in the first division last weekend. And it was uh, Charlie Norman who scored uh, this one. And Chippenham Park continued really, really strong into the season. They're up into eighth now. I'm delighted to be joined uh, on the podcast by Tim Smith, the manager of um, Chippenham Park. Tim, you had a good win at the weekend. You beat Portishead. Um, you've been on a good run of late. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's been good. Um, yeah, it's gone very well. Um, we scored in the last last kick of the game, literally um, on on Saturday. We've had a bit of the rub of the green, I would say. Um, but then again, you, you take the good with the bad, really. So it was a close affair um, against Portishead. Yeah, it was. Yeah, very close. Um, I think. I think overall we probably deserve to win. But um, but if if it had been a draw, then you know we couldn't have argued. To be perfectly honest, it wasn't a game with many chances. You've um, you've only lost once in the league um, since Christmas. That was to Hengrove, high flying Hengrove. Um, you, you've yeah. been on a good run, but you're uh, you're currently sort of you're currently eighth in the table. Um, how do you assess your season? Um, it's it's been a bit unfortunate, really. We we started off um, through three or four games. We started off quite well, and then we went through a horrendous patch, losing ten, eleven, twelve games on the trot, really, um, between basically October and probably the middle middle of December. 
Um, I think that was down to um, one or two players um, left and uh, and also one or two players that were injured, uh, you know, key players that were injured in October, October time, November time, took a while to get back. And also we signed on one or two players that have really fitted in really well. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, really. You, you didn't start the season as um, as manager, did you? You were, you were enjoying the secretarial duties. Um, I was doing both. I was doing the assistant of uh, like coaching within the team and, and doing the secretarial duties as well, yeah. I noticed that the crowd you had um, on um, on Saturday, I think it was only 30, disappointing given the fact that you have been on such a good run of form and you, you play a very uh, a very good facility. Yeah, I, I think, um, uh, if I'm honest, um, Chippenham Town, obviously, who we're linked with, um, and they are on, on, you know, doing really, really well. So some of the supporters that come and watch us when Chippenham Town away uh, went away. So we were, you know, we missed a few supporters that way, which is a bit of a shame. But um, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, I think um, a few people who were watching us before, you know, who have always watched us were a bit disillusioned before Christmas when we were losing so many games, so I think we, we did lose a few supporters, but then they've come back a little bit um, since then as well. You've got three games left, I believe, um, this That's season. Right, yeah. Next up yeah. is a local derby away at Khan, and, and, yeah. and then you entertain Cheddar. Um, you're in good form, they're fighting um, it out at the top of the table, that should be a really interesting clash. Yeah, I, I I think so. We, you know, we've um, it's you know after Christmas we we played sort of all the top teams really. You know, like you know we played Canesham, uh, um and then we played Wellington. Um, you know, who were you know both at the top, um, and we beat both of those sides. And um, so you know we feel you know we feel to be perfectly honest, we can beat anybody now. You know, even Hengrove game. A lot of people watched that game, said that we should have won the game, you know, but we didn't, and, and that's one of those things. But no, we don't fear anybody, and uh, I think what's helped as well, uh, we signed a forward, centre forward from Corsham, who is you know has scored a few goals since he's come over, and I think that was sort of um, has been good for us really, to be honest. Corsham's lost in our game. Looking ahead to, to next season, obviously you want to keep this good run of form going. Do you think that it all goes well for your for your next campaign, and, and do you envisage being involved in that? Yeah, I, I think I've always said that you know if the players want me to get to stay involved and do what I'm doing, um, then yes, you know I will. Um, but if the players felt no, um, it's time to bring somebody else in, um, then I would quite happily, you know, still stay within the club, but maybe just concentrate on just helping and then doing the secretarial work. One last question. Um, we mentioned earlier the sides that were um, that are fighting out at the top of the table. Um, in your experience th so far this season, um, which teams have impressed you the most in the Toolstation Western League First Division? Oh, that's a good one, really, because um, you know I think I think 
we've always said that the the league within this league teams can just beat anybody you know each other uh, um, I think I think Canesham away on their home home pitch on the on the Ast- you know 3G I think are always difficult so I was quite, quite impressed with them um, obviously uh, Wellington again on their ground um, again I think it, it plays dividends um, and so yeah I, I, I think probably those two sides and, and obviously Heng, Hengrove away Hengrove I always think on their ground so I think those three you know obviously probably have got the rights to be fighting out of the top and it'd be interesting to see um, who actually gets promoted Right then Hengrove Athletic could they bounce back after that defeat to Cheddar? They entertained Ashton and Backwell United at home. Not the smallest attendance in the league. They're going up, so obviously the podcast is making a difference. But um, how did this one play out, Tom? Unfortunately, they could only muster a, a one-all draw. Uh, the, seventh, the seventh place visitor, so not a, not a poor opponent they're taking on. And it was Ashton who did go ahead uh, when Paul Uppington scored his first goal for the club. Uh, and Hengrove looked like they were on their way to a second-stroke defeat, but they did fight until the end, and they're now... Just two points off the top, uh, with Ben Crew rescuing a point for them later. Yes, there was a time, of course, when um, it was almost boring, wasn't it? They were winning every week, but now the um, yeah, the, the, I wouldn't go as far as to say the wheels have come off, but they haven't been the same side since they were knocked out of the Les Phillips Cup to um, to Woolen Rovers, and it certainly makes things a little bit more interesting at the top of the first division. Yeah, the clean sheets have completely dried up. Um, obviously, they went on that long run without conceding anything, and now it's uh, it's not the case. Uh, their goal scoring form is still uh, pretty pretty going going strong. They're the top goal scorers in the division. Uh, but yeah, they have dropped off. It seems like the teams that hit the top of the top of the table suddenly face a face a bit more pressure and and let it let it slip. So uh, yeah, and now just is it seven point seven points covering the top four, uh, four points covering the top three. So uh, really fascinating end of the season. It is, and the pressure will only mount on Hengrove because um, on Good Friday um, I should be taking my family to go and watch them. We've been bemoaning members of the Western League family for um, not getting on and watching one of these uh, one one side that's been doing so well in the league. They're good to see that the attendance has been creeping up there. I fancy going and watching them my, myself. I've, I've picked this Friday's game against Canesham. It's going to be a, a derby. We'll talk about the fixtures coming up over Easter um, shortly in the podcast, but I'm certainly going to be there. And um, well, I suppose I should really be neutral, but I don't think I can help having sat with sat with you, even in this very pub, and talked about their impressive form this season. We thought that they were going to be promotion contenders, you know, they were outsiders, and then they just kept on winning, didn't they? they kept on coming. Now they need to find a way, and maybe, maybe it's going to be the Knockholds family that get them back on track. I hope so for their sake. I mean, a huge, huge game can't be underestimated. Uh, Canesham obviously in third, Hengrove second, uh, two points split in them. This really is, I don't want to say a six-pointer, I don't want to use that cliche, but this will be an absolutely huge encounter. I do hope that it is, they get the, they get the crowd they deserve. A good Friday fixture, a lunchtime kickoff. Uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, the family do, the, the Tour Station League family do get together and, and go to this fixture. It should be an absolute rip-snorter. Well, um, their opponents, of course, on Good Friday will be Canesham Town. They had a routine victory at home to Warminster. Yeah, strong form. And that was a 3-0 win at home to, to Warminster. Matt Kernock scoring twice and also Matt Brown uh, registering his 25th of the season in their 3-0 win. 
and Radstock Town. Well, that was the game that I was at. They entertained Caution. They looked really good for the first half hour, Tom, but uh, I didn't see any goals. When did that one come? Really, another really late goal. Uh, Tom Stocks, I believe it was, scoring scoring right out of the depth for uh, Radstock, a 1-0 win at home, uh, and that's a good win for them. And finally, uh, Wellington, um, they took on Carn Town and uh, the league leaders racked up another good win. Yeah, back on top of the power, Wellington. Uh, 4-0 win at home to Carn Town. Ian Bellinger scoring twice. Uh, also goals for Tom Ellis and Jack Bryant. Uh, now moving into the uh, fixtures coming up in midweek. Um, on Tuesday, uh, the 11th of April, Bitten. Um, entertain Brislington and we have a Dorset Senior Cup final Weymouth Town against Gillingham Town Gillingham of course destined no longer to be with us at uh, next season but um, it would be nice for them I'm sure if they can uh, if they can go out with a bang in that uh, in that cup final yeah there's still a tool station league to see side for now so we'll be wishing them all the best a big game for them against Weymouth now if you think all the action begins on Good Friday for Easter then you'd be wrong because um, Buckland Athletic entertain Will and Rovers on Thursday the 13th of April um, two of the league Premier Division's big boys there coming head to head and in the first division Carn Town take on Wiltshire Rivals Chippenham Park in the first division uh, so moving into Good Friday the fixtures in the Premier Division Tom would you like to run us through those yeah sure can do and we start with a, a one o'clock kickoff uh, between Bradford and Melsham two of the top five going head to head should be a great game and then we've got Brad Bridport versus Street Brislington versus the Inform Oddam Cadbury Heath take on Chipping Sodbury Town Clevedon Town versus Cribs Gillingham Town uh, off the back of the final they've got on Tuesday night they'll be taking on bottom side uh, Sherbourne Hallen versus versus Bristol Manor Farm obviously are doing everything they can to grab the title on Friday but Hallen fight hard they're, they're looking to, to, to get the crucial points in their fight against relegation uh, we've got Longwell Green Sports against another relegation front side in Bitten and then we end with uh, Wells City against Shepton Mallet which is also a one o'clock kickoff. Well, I'll take you through the uh, the fixtures in the first division for Good Friday. It's Almondsbury Uwe against Roman Glass St George. That's a one o'clock kickoff. Then a twelve o'clock kickoff between Bishop Sutton and Cheddar. Uh, Bishop Sutton play Cheddar. Uh, that's a twelve o'clock kickoff. Um, Bishop's Lydiard entertain Wellington. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Chard Town entertain uh, Wincanton Town. That's a one o'clock kickoff. Corsham Town entertain Devizes Town. That's a twelve o'clock kickoff. Hengrove against Canesham course that's the game that I should be going to that's a 12 o'clock kickoff Oldland Abertonians take on Malmesbury that's a 3pm kickoff Portishead against Ashton and Backwell that's a 3pm kickoff Radstock against Welland Rovers the Coalfield Classico 1pm that guaranteed to be a big crowd for that one and uh, Warminster Town against Westbury there's a Wiltshire Derby for you and that's a 3pm kickoff now then we've got fixtures they're coming thick and fast it's a quick turnaround it's the sort of thing that would have have Jose Mourinho reeling at his press conference. Tom, take us through the fixtures for Easter Monday. That's Monday, the 17th of April. Of course, uh, in, in the uh, Premier Division, uh, we've got Bristol Manor Farm taking on another another of the bottom sides. Uh, sorry. They're running. Uh, they travel to take on Bitten. Uh, we've got Bridport versus Clevedon Town. Buckland Athletic at home to Brislington and Chipping Sobbury Town uh, at home to Halland. Those four games are all three o'clock kickoffs. Then got a pair of one o'clock kickoffs uh, at Longwell Green Sports where they take on the bottom side Sherborne. Melchon Town take on Gillingham Town. Uh, and then we have also Odd Down versus Cadbury Heath and Shepton Mallet versus Willen. They're both three o'clock kickoffs. At one o'clock we have Street versus Bradford. Another clash between two of the top sides. And also Wells City versus uh, Cribs. And then down in the first division. Do you want me to 
We've got Ashton and Backwell United taking on Countdown, Chippenham Park versus Cheddar. Those are both three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, a lunchtime kickoff at twelve o'clock between Caution Town and Wincanton Town. Kensham Town travels to take on Devizes Town at three o'clock. Moundsbury Victoria host Bishop Sutton. That's a one o'clock kickoff. And then a couple of three o'clocks uh, we have Old- Oldland Abertonians against Welton Rovers, Porter Town against Hengrove Athletic. Different. Uh, Time of two o'clock uh, sees Roman Glass St George host Radstock Town, and we'll finish with three three o'clock kickoffs uh, where we have Warminster Town versus Bishops Lydiard, Wellington uh, versus Chard Town, and finally Almondsbury U. They travel to take on Westbury United. Well, all that leaves us to do now is to have um, one final look at the league table. Now, then, are you familiar with the Mitchell and Webb look? I'm aware of it. I've not watched it, unfortunately. You're not a, an aficionado of that particular. So you're not are you, you're not familiar with um, the uh, the spoof game show Wanganum, right? Well, it's just a series of numbers, and then halfway through they reverse the board and just start doing a different series of numbers. Completely lost on you, listeners. I'm sure if you if you're not particularly familiar with um, uh, with yes, I know if you have to explain the joke, it isn't funny, isn't it? But the um, the point is that I've been doing a little bit of homework. Now I've got a sneaking suspicion that in the spirit of Wanganum. Um, most of my mathematical calculations will make absolutely no sense at all. Normally, at this point in the podcast, we read through the division. That we read through the league tables. I tell you how many t- um, games the teams have played, how many points they've got, and uh, obviously we're, we're coming to the crunch now. We know Manor Farm are only two points away from securing the league championship, but things are a lot closer at the bottom of the Premier Division and um, at the top and the bottom of the First Division. So rather than just reading out the numbers, I wanted to try and contextualise what that fight for those relegation and promotion places what it actually means now I'm not sure that I've done a very good job and actually what I'm I'm putting this out there to the Tool Station Western League family the listeners of the podcast if my maths is wrong please get in touch with me I'm at Ian Knockholds I'm not I'm I'm a big enough man to admit when I'm wrong and maths certainly is um, is not my strong point but I hope that this tries to give you a little bit of information, a little bit of insight into more than just the, the raw statistics behind the table. So we know Manor Farm played 34. They are on 90 points. Now, by my calculation, they have four games left, which means the most points they can get is 102. Their maximum finish in the league on 90 points is obviously first, but even if they stay on 90 points with Street in second on 80 points having played 34 games which means that they've got four games left to play the most points that Street can get is 92 which means that Manor Farm will either finish first or second so this is the general principle listener of what I'm trying to say so Street played 34 80 points they can get a maximum of 92 points Melksham Town played 34 76 points they can get a maximum of 88 points Buckland Athletic played 34 73 points they can get a maximum of 85 points which means that Street can finish first and no lower than fifth Melksham can finish second but no lower than seventh Buckland can finish second but no lower than seventh Bradford Town 34 points 67 they've got at the moment they can get a maximum of 79 they could finish no higher than third and so it goes on down the table now my maths as I say 
could be completely to pot. I'm just putting that one out there to try and give you a little bit of more context. And of course, what's a lot more interesting at the bottom of the table, so this is where we reverse the board to uh, coin the phrase, and that is Sherbourne at the moment sitting at the bottom of the table. They've played 35. They've got 13 points. The most they can get if they win all three of their games in hand, uh, well, games left to the rest of the end of the season is 22 points, which means that they can finish no higher than 18th. Hallen on 34 points they can get a maximum 34 games played 18 points they can get a maximum of 30 points they could finish up to 16th as could Bitten um, played 34 they've got 19 points they could get a maximum of 31 they could finish up to 16th equally those bottom three sides could all finish bottom of the table Longwell Green Sports by my calculations can't um, finish bottom they could only finish as low as 19th now then this is making exhilarating radio we really need an infographic here but um but let's go let's go now let's delve into the world of the first division where things are a lot more exciting at the top of the table basic what what, uh, what have we got going on here Will, uh, wellington currently sitting top of the table played 38 they've got 82 points hengrove played 38 80 points Kensham played 39 78 points cheddar played 38 75 points Mathematically speaking, you don't need to be a genius, and I'm certainly not one, to work out that all of those sides have a chance of still finishing first. Cheddar are the only side with a mathematical possibility of finishing outside the top four. But all of those sides have a chance of still winning the division and certainly coming second. Down at the bottom, um, Almondsbury Uwe still fighting for survival. They could finish as high as 19th, which might be worrying news for Welton Rovers fans, but I doubt it. They've played 38. They've got 25 points. They've got four games left, so they, they could get as many as 37 points. I, I, sever I severely doubt that that's going to happened but you never know your luck Carn Town just above them played 37 31 points and um, they could get a maximum of 46 and Corsham Town played 38 33 points they could get a maximum of 45 so hopefully if I haven't confused you completely um, I don't think I should be getting called out for one of those BBC2 Christmas lectures and uh, my maths as I say could be wrong so if I've led you down the garden path listener please let me know and I shall I shall apologise and retract immediately Immediately on next week's podcast. Now, the one thing we will do, if we have a look over the um, Easter fixtures, Tom, as we as we uh, organise our papers here in the um, in the RAM, and um, um, if you have a look at the uh, the games over the Easter period, Tom, if, can you call out a couple? Of, take your eye. Indeed, I mean Bradford Town have got a very uh, entertaining couple of fixtures. They're hosting Melksham before travelling to Street. Two really big games uh, in the top top five of the Premier Division should should make a, a big difference to how the uh, the league finishes and obviously Bristol Manor Farms game on Friday they've got a, a short trip to take on Hallam looking to win the title that should be a good 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 game to be at and if they don't complete it there they have another away game uh, on Easter Monday uh, when they take on Bitten uh, but I think the game that does stand out and we've mentioned it a lot obviously you will be there in attendance the first division clash between Hengrove and Canesham uh, the winner of this will, well, if there is a winner, uh, will take a lot of confidence going forward. Just four games left now for, for most clubs. Uh, and this really is the, the crucial time in the season where, where wins are, are essential. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the only thing I'd add to that, I think you're absolutely right to call out those games. I think um, Bradford Town against Melsham is going to be a really interesting one for next season, actually, um, because um, I wouldn't be at all surprised. Bradford have got the armaments to uh, to win that game. That's going to be a very hotly contested local derby and um, we'll set down a bit of a marker for, um, uh, for next season. Um, we're assuming that... Um, Manor Farm will do the necessary I think uh, I'd be very surprised if they don't so I suppose in terms of the sort of the future of promotion from the Western League um, that Manor Farm game is one of the most important but the only other game I'd point out because I've had the pleasure of commentating on a few over recent years and it's a game that I love to watch and it really gets the local crowds out and it is a local crowd it's a very healthy crowd that comes out to watch Radstock against Welton or Welton against Radstock wherever that fixture is taking place and if the sun is shining then I'm sure a really good time is going to be had by all means an awful lot in the Summer Valley uh, does the Coalfield Classico now then Tom we've, uh, we've been pouring over the bulletin you've published it online where can listeners find that? Yeah, that's on the uh, the official tool station website. Uh, there's a tab along the top of the screen on the homepage uh, which has the bulletin in Word and PDF format and in the absence of course of the Sunday Independent the non-league paper, paper takes on an even more important role um, is your column in that this week? Yeah it's uh, just a short thing on the uh, Premier Division uh, obviously we're trying to fill in as much information as possible of the, the lack of the Independent and I hope, I hope I'm doing a good job of that but uh, yeah a short piece in there again this week on the Premier Division Tom thank you very much for coming and taking the time to sit with me in this fine hostelry in the centre of Bath and um, we've been here a few times now I always enjoy your company and a, and a glass here at the Ram but um, well for another Tool Station Western League podcast I've been Ian Knockholds and I've been delighted to have been joined by Tom Hiscock.